welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm your host, Sandra McDevitt. Today on Stories from the Heart, the story of a selfish monk who keeps the treasures in his monastery to himself. He learns a valuable lesson in sharing. Stay tuned for The Treasures of St. Finian on another Stories from the Heart. News had come to the monastery at Bangor that the abbot of Moville, that is St. Finian, had returned from his recent visit to Rome. And hearing this, abbot Congal set out in haste to visit his brother. Ireland was united to Rome with the twofold chain of love and of obedience. There would be much for one abbot to hear and for the other to tell of the Pope and of the holy places after such a visit. Evening had fallen when abbot Congal and his companion came in sight of their destination. It was dark, so dark, that the waters of the bay were scarcely to be distinguished from the black sky above them. Now the abbot had taken with him a young monk, Fintan, and it was he who at length exclaimed that he saw the lights of the monastery before them. For a short space the monks followed the guidance of the light, but suddenly St. Comgill paused. See, Brother Fintan, he exclaimed, those rays that we follow are like no earthly light that I have ever seen. And certainly the monastery of Moville possesses no windows standing so high above us as that. The light began to go brighter till it shone like a golden sun in the sky. The monastery showed black below as shapeless massive buildings, and as the two watchers remained spellbound by the wonder that they saw, a second light broke through of the clouds bright as the first, but this was silvery as the moon, and all the skies were lighted up by these gold and silver rays. Gradually, as they came into view, so did they gradually disappear, and the astonished travelers now almost at their journey's end made their way to the monastery gate in the darkness that seemed all the deeper after the moment of brightness that they had witnessed. St. Comgall deemed it more prudent to keep silent about this light, which he understood to be a supernatural sign, and he warned Brother Fenton to speak to no one of what they had seen. Once inside the monastery, this warning could hardly have been needed, for no sooner had Fenton laid his eyes upon the library of St. Finian that he forgot all else in the world except the manuscripts which were opened before him. The abbot had expended many years and much labor in bringing together such a collection of books as was not to be equaled at that time in Aaron. But of all his treasures, there were two which shone out unrivaled amongst them. One of these was a copy of the Psalms, most delicately illuminated, as we can see for ourselves, for this very copy is still to be found in the keeping of the National Museum in Dublin. The other was a transcript of St. Jerome's translation of the Holy Gospels, which St. Finian had obtained in Rome, and which, 
he held in special veneration. At first, young Fenton was content with merely reading these priceless manuscripts, reveling in the beauty of their execution. But one day, another guest at Mulville, a young monk named Columba, put a new idea into Fenton's mind. Columba was of noble birth and of a hasty and impetuous disposition. Fenton, while poring over the Gospels of St. Jerome, gave voice to his regret that his own library at Bangor contained no such books as this house at Moville could boast. It is a pity, said Columba, that as the abbot has had this beautiful copy made from the original in Rome, your abbot is no one to make yet another copy from this one here. If that were the difficulty, replied Fenton, it could soon be overcome, for I myself have been gifted by God with no mean skill as an illuminator. But, Abbot Finnegan, I fear, would never allow such a copy to be made. Ask him, said Columba. I myself greatly wish to possess a copy of the Psalms which lie upon the desk in the chapel. There was no opportunity for Fenton to speak with the abbot, but he hastened to St. Comgall, telling him of Columba's suggestion. He begged him to lay his petition before St. Finnegan when next they should be conversing together. He agreed to do as Fenton wished, and on the first occasion possible, he asked for leave to copy the Gospels. St. Finnegan, however, did not agree. He seemed to think the asking of such a thing had transgressed all rules of politeness and hospitality, and in no measured terms he refused what had been craved. Fenton, although he had expected a refusal, was deeply hurt at the terms in which the abbot expressed himself, and although monastic discipline bade him listen in silence to his superior, when alone with his own abbot he complained loudly of the unkindness he had received. St. Comgill listened to him and bade him to be patient. Resign yourself to this disappointment, my son, he said. Accept it with meekness and pray that God may someday deliver the book you covet into your hands. So great was his desire to possess the manuscript that Fenton could not sleep at night because of it. And when the evening came and all the brothers had gone to rest, Fenton crept from his cell and made his way towards the chapel meaning to pray until daylight for the speedy realization of his abbot's prophecy. Approaching the chapel, Fenton became aware of a brilliant light that shone through the crevices of the door, and, looking in, he saw the figure of a monk seated before the desk on which the precious copy of the Psalms was usually laid. No lamp lit up the sanctuary, no candles burnt to give light to him who kept vigil, but above his head Fenton recognized the same golden rays which had shone forth from the monastery windows on the night he had arrived at the abbey. They fell upon the book, and Fenton saw that a sheet of white parchment covered one of the pages, and on this was traced a hasty transcript of the original volume. Columba, for it was none other but he, had stayed behind the others in the chapel, and when all was quiet, he forsook his prayers and secretly copied the lines he wished for, and which he now knew it was useless to ask permission to transcribe. Fenton did not disturb the writer. He would not himself have dared to do as Columba was doing, but he could not wholly blame him for his act. And he thought if it had been an evil deed in the sight of God, the heavenly rays would not have fallen upon him. His footsteps had been heard in the passage, and a monk had followed Fenton even to the chapel door. Here, too, had been a witness to Columba's secret task, and in the morning there was a tumult in the monastery, because of what had been discovered in the night. 
St. Vinian was indignant at what Columba had done and demanded that the copy should immediately be surrendered to him. Columba refused to obey the order, and the abbot told his monks to take the copy from him by force. Obediently they approached him, but their eyes were so dazzled by a mysterious golden light that they could not see to lay hands upon him, and he passed out from their midst, bearing with him the manuscript he had written. Seeing the state of mind that these occurrences produced in St. Finian, St. Comgall bade farewell to Moville and journeyed back again with Fenton to his own monastery at Bangor. On the same day, St. Finian also departed from the abbey, making his way with a band of monks to the court of King Dermid, where he learned that Columba had sought refuge with his book. At the court of Dermid, all went well with St. Finian, for the king gave judgment in his favor against his kinsman Columba. To every cow belongs her calf, said the king, so to every book belongs its copy. This is unjust, O Dermid, cried Columba, and I will revenge it upon you. And going forth, he called together the people of his clan, and they were willing to fight against the king for him. A great battle ensued, and Drumcliff and Sligo was the scene of the battle. St. Columba's action brought bloodshed and strife to Aaron, while the prayers of the meeker Fenton were apparently unheard. In spite of all, St. Finian had gained but little by all this, for on his return to the abbey he found that the place had been attacked by pirates, and in his absence, and all the treasures of his library had been carried off by them. The monastery of St. Comgall overlooked the waters of Belfast Harbor, and one evening, not long after the disaster at Moville, some strange ships made their appearance in the bay, and it soon became apparent that the pirates who had been so successful in their raid on one monastery intended to attack the other. St. Comgill called his monks and praying together, they waited for the enemy in the chapel. Now as they prayed, a great wind rose up that lashed the sea to fury, and a storm broke over the bay, which dispersed the pirate ships, wrecking some completely and throwing timber and merchandise, ill-gotten goods and things that were honestly gotten by in great heaps on the beach. In spite of the storm, the monks hastened out to render whatever aid they could to those at sea, but they were powerless to help the men whom God had elected to punish. Amongst those gathered on the shore was Fenton, and what was his joy to see among the wreckage heaps of manuscripts, which he recognized as belonging to the Moville Library. In eager haste he searched through them all, and at length he found the Gospels for which he had prayed so long. Without waiting to put the other literary treasures in a place of safety, Fenton hurried to the monastery and laid the transcript at St. Congal's feet. My son, said the abbot, your prayers have won for you this favor. Go, make a copy as beautiful as your skill allows of these Gospels, and then we will return them to their rightful owner at Moville. St. Fenton worked day and night at his task, and at length, when St. Finian had quite despaired of ever seeing his treasures again, he was amazed and delighted at receiving from St. Comgall a part of what he had mourned as lost. Then he sent for Fenton, and before the whole community he begged forgiveness for having refused the permission he had asked so many months before. Now St. Fenton, by returning good for ill, and St. Columba, by his warlike actions, had made the abbot bitterly regret his refusals of the past, and for the rest of his life his library was at the disposal of all who sought to read it, and so through the length and breadth of Ireland the fame of Moville's hospitality became renowned. Mm-hmm.
thank you for joining us on Stories from the Heart. Today's story, The Treasures of St. Finian, was written by Alice Dees from her book, Great Men of Erin. For a copy of today's program, or for any of my stories, email Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net. Stories from the Heart is recorded in the studios of Ave Maria Radio. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed a show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For two years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.